firerecruitmentaustralia.com. Become a firefighter without wasting years of your life, time, money and effort on things that won't work. Get the facts and what works. You're listening to the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast with your host, Brent Clayton. Today on the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast, I'm interviewing Sam Whitmitz. He shares some valuable insights into his journey to becoming a firefighter. So, Sam, tell me a little bit about yourself, just how long you've been a firefighter and when you started. All right. Um, Sam Whitmitz, born and bred in the Wimmera, which is uh, Horsham in country Victoria. Um, 33 years old, got a lovely partner named Stephanie. Um, bit of my background, I, I was a professional cyclist for six or seven years. And, yeah, with that, it was sort of like... I was never ever going to make it to the top level, so it was more about life experience and getting to see the world and do do the sport that you loved, which was really great for me. But I always knew that there was there was something my purpose in life. There was something bigger, and a wise man once told me is once you figure out what you want to do, that's a big part of the challenge. And for me, the dream was always to be a firefighter. So. Towards the end of my cycling career, um, it came up, rightio, let's get after it and do it. So I put in my application first in 2015, and then now, now it, it took me a bloody long time to get in, and it was, it was, it was tough, really, really tough. It was an emotional roller coaster basically, but finally, finally got into the job, and yeah. I've been in the job for now eight months and, yeah, still pinching myself that I've made it, yeah. What was the moment that you knew that you wanted to be a firefighter? When did you decide that you were going to go for it? Cool. Well, it started, well, the moment that I knew I wanted to be a firefighter, it started quite young for me, Uh, even when I was in high school. So I was just finishing up year 12, 18 years old. And yeah, I went down to the local brigade and I was like, yeah, look, I'm looking to do this as a career. And they go, listen, mate, you're way too young. Um, you, you basically don't have a chance of getting in. And, I, and being young as well, I was just took that as gospel and I was like, right, no worries. So they said, yeah, come back when you've got some life experience. And yeah, so that, and that, that's when uh, the cycling took off for me. So yeah, started to race and then opportunities to race overseas so yeah I gave that a real crack and that like when I'm an old man that's experiences that I'm going to reflect on like yeah life-changing for me really but yeah then that's when when that was sort of coming towards an end when I was 30 years old I was like right yep time time to get cracking on the real dream now so yeah I've had a good time racing and stuff but now I just I had this hunger for a job for life. That's really what I wanted. And I wanted to do something that was going to help people where you're integrated in communities. And yeah, I was like, yeah, this is for me, for sure. So got it, got it sorted. I'm like, yep, bang. Now, how do we get it? And that's when I first come up to me. So this massive grand plan, yep, no worries. Finish racing into the fire brigade, no worries. Yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, it's not that easy. That, so I, after my first attempt actually trying to get into the job, like um, the aptitude test, 
did a few little tutorials online, a few practice exams, and I was like, yeah, no worries. And it really became prevalent for me sitting in there. And I remember it. I was in the middle of uh, the mass section of that aptitude testing, and I've, I've looked up at the clock. I was only about halfway through it. And I'm like, there was like three minutes to go. And I'm like, I was sitting there with this feeling of, it's really hard to describe, but like one, disappointment, because you know straight away that you, you, you no chance of passing. But two, also a little bit embarrassed that I'd fully underestimated the challenge I'd set for myself. And yeah, walking out of there was just, yeah, it was just grim. Yeah, really grim. It's like, it's no worries, I'm smiling about it now, but yeah, I was definitely not smiling on that day, for sure. But yeah, but that's, but also in saying that, like you, you learn from that and that, that's when I was like, right, well, this isn't something you're just gonna breeze through, no worries. It was, yeah, right, we've really got to get down to business now and put some bloody effort into it. What happened after you left the test? Like what happened next? Basically, like, I remember it like it was yesterday, walking out of um, that exam hall, and it was just, yeah, you go through this, like, rollercoaster of, of emotion, where it's, like, disappointment, and then because, like, if you're anything like me, and, like, you've got big goals, so you, like, you, you tell people that are close to you, so it sort of makes you accountable for it. So, yeah, and, like, saying to my partner at the time, Oh, how did it go? And yeah, yeah, not great, hey? And it's like, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing that I'd underestimated the process so much. But anyway, once you move past that point, you're like, is this something I really want to do? Oh, bloody oath, yeah, of course, that's, that's it. This is what I want to do. And it's like, right, well, I need to have a proper crack. Instead of just going, oh yeah, she'll be right, mate. Nah, so this is when I first got in contact with Brent, so, and he gave me a couple of resources, because I, I hadn't done maths for years, years and years, so he gave me a couple of books, and yeah, and th this was like, right, let's get after this thing. So I worked my ass off, reteaching myself long division and maths that I hadn't touched for over 10 years, so, and from that point, like, I was doing at least a couple of hours a day, like a few months out from that aptitude test. And I remember from that first experience to the second time that I sat the aptitude testing, just like totally different because you're sitting in there and you're just crushing through the questions and being feeling so much more calm, confident. And yeah, walking out of there having like you don't really know, but sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a chance here. And then when, you, when I got the email saying, yeah, you successfully passed the aptitude testing, your next stage is the screening, view, uh, the screening interview at this date. Oh, mate, oh, I was frothing. Yeah, and that like, and this is only the beginning of my journey as well, like, yeah. Because there's so much stress like throughout the entire process at each individual section that you go through and it's like anxiety, stress, do it and then thumbs up, you're on to the next one. And it's just like, 
you're like this the whole way through it. But yeah, I remember passing that aptitude test and like a million, a little bit of disbelief, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, well, I, I bloody worked hard for that. So yeah, it was, it was, yeah, like, how would you say it? Like, it was really satisfying to know that you can work super hard and then get reward for it as well. Because I'm not an academically gifted guy. So I knew that, yeah, I was going to have to put in the work and, yeah, sure enough, come up with the goods. So in between the time frame of taking the aptitude test the first time and taking the second, tell me a little bit about the journey between the two. From that first time of taking the aptitude test, uh, from when I was unsuccessful uh, into the second time, it was 12 months apart. So yeah, like when I got out of there, got in contact with Brent, got a couple of resources, I was like, right, yeah, I'm gonna have to work really hard towards this. And cause yeah, like, I, like I, I'm not an academically gifted guy at all. So yeah, just put in the hard work from there. And then sure enough, that's when I had this totally different experience uh, resitting the exact same test, same room, same building. You do the beep test before it as well. So it's exactly the same, but two totally different experiences where one, sitting in the middle of exam going, I'm no chance, to sitting there punching out questions, not nervous and just feeling, feeling prepared. Yeah, and even just having that feeling of preparedness is like, it's every hour I spent studying for that, that is worth it just to take that stress and anxiety out of that step in the process. Do you think you would have been able to do it without the resources you were given? No chance. It's no question in my mind without those resources that I got from Brent, I'd still be trying to pass that aptitude test, like without a doubt. Yeah, but no worries, like you get the resources and then they can just sit on the coffee table and you have a little glance every now and then. But yeah, especially for me, like I actually had to invest the time into actually studying it and doing the practice exams, relearning how to do the math. Yeah, it was, yeah, without a doubt, without time and the resources, yeah, there was no chance I was getting through. So after the aptitude test, what did you do to get into the next stage and how did that keep going? All right, so from the aptitude testing, it went into screening interview and then the physical assessment, assessment, the PAT test, and then into the final interview. And so as you're going through this process that you'll speak to other candidates with yourself uh, about what's happening, like what are they doing to prepare and stuff. And this is where I was getting a lot of my information from. and. So going through that, I was still, I had the same attitude. I'm just like, I'm just gonna work, work, work at this. And the consensus from everyone that there was a, it was heavily weighted towards a final interview. So I just started preparing for that. So I started going full biscuit on this, like a couple of hours every night, months out. And yeah, I got into that final interview and I'm a guy that doesn't mind a chat. It's like probably one of my biggest attributes. Love to have a chat. Anyway, I was walking in there feeling not too bad about it. I did heaps of work, but it turns out I'm, I'm sitting there in front of this panel interview and they're hitting me with questions and I've got 
nothing. I've got donuts. And I was like, it's really similar to that uh, when I failed the first aptitude test where you just, you feel like an idiot. You, it's like, I'm sure it was only like a couple or five seconds of silence, but for me it felt like half an hour. When they've hit you with a question and you, you've got nothing, you don't know what to say, you, there's nothing to get you out of jail and just, for me, and I'm an honest guy, so yeah, you, same to this, I've, I've got nothing. And walking out of that last interview, I was like, fuck, I've, I've worked so hard for this, but I've focused my attention on the wrong stuff. So, yeah, with that, same again. And it's really disheartening as well. And you put all this time and effort into it, thinking that you're doing the right thing. And then sure enough, with this first final interview, it was no good. So, yeah. Same again, I was back to the old drawing board and I was like, I was a little bit lost so I went straight back to Brent again, just for guidance. And so from then, and still even being discouraged and embarrassed and everything like that, it's like this is 100% what I wanted to do. So with the guidance from Brent, same work ethic, so still putting in heaps and heaps of time and pretty much treating the process like a second job was use it like still the same amount of time but focused in the right direction. So instead of not knowing what you're, what you're studying or what you're preparing for, just having that guidance and putting in the time, it, like the world of difference between that and when I was actually successful was, it was even to the point where I was a bit strapped for time and still trying to put in the effort for it. And I recorded my interview answers from my first attempt. And for the second attempt, which was another 12 months later, I was listening to it. I was like, no wonder you didn't get in, mate. Like, yeah, I, it just, it really showed to me that it was like without the guidance of like, how you should be answering these questions and what you should be focusing your energy on was, yeah, it was mind-blowing to myself. And what was going on in your life? The, the process is really difficult, but also I had some internal battles going on myself because I've gone from living a fantastic lifestyle, getting to travel the world and race my bike, and it was fantastic, really good. But anyway, that had come to an end. So now I was in limbo. It's like, I knew what I wanted to do, but I just didn't know how to get it. And it's like working super hard and everything like that. So the internal pressures I was feeling myself as well, that I felt like it was nearly like an Achilles heel for me because I wanted it so, so bloody bad, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, so, and that's with me, and that, that's why, like, I'm forever thankful for Brent and for what he did for me um, through my journey through the process of actually getting into the fire brigade was, yeah, even to the point where, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, you, you tell people close to you that, like, this is what I want to do, this is, like, I'm 100%, I'm fully committed to this. So, 
like you're going to experience it for yourself when you get into the job but it's like you've got a list of people that you want to call straight away and for me it's like partner family and then Brent was number three on mine and having that convo with Brent when I actually got in oh mate oh so good still gives me the warm fuzzies yeah like tingling in the face right now yeah bloody good and yeah forever thankful for what he did for me and right so after you came home from cycling and traveling you thought to yourself well i need to go after it now i need to make money because i'm working at a bike shop and you felt like you were hitting a wall is that correct yeah so yeah like once once my racing career finished i needed to make money so i ended up working in a bike shop for a couple of years as I was going through the process and they were fantastic. They were, cause I told them in my interview for that job, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, I might be here for two months or I might be here for two years. It turns out I was here for two years, but, um, but yeah, like just even how I was as a person, I was sort of, yeah, I, I wasn't as happy as I am now because you know, you feel, within yourself that there's something greater for you or that there's a greater purpose in life here. And for me, it was fire brigade. And I was like, that's it. That's what I've got to do. But yeah, I was stuck in this, what felt like limbo, like my old job, great work environment, great people and people I consider mates still to this day. And it's like, but yet you still got this feeling inside you that you're not happy or you're not where you want to be in life. And for me, I could, I could visualize, I could see myself getting in, but it just wasn't happening. So I felt like I was just stuck in this limbo and there's no timeline to it. Cause it's not like, rightio, oh, applications open in six months time. And, oh yeah, no worries. The process takes six months. Oh, I'll be where I want to be in 12 months time. It doesn't work like that because if you don't have the right guidance or you don't put enough time and energy into it, you don't get there. So yeah, for me, it's sort of, if it was like, rightio, Sam, easy, you're going to do two years at this bike shop and then you're going to be in your dream job. Yeah. For, because there was no timeline on it, that's what I really struggled with. And that's, it was actually the kick up the ass that really motivated me to work really hard for this thing so I could actually achieve the dream. So yeah, that first final interview, sitting there with donuts, they're asking you questions and you've got nothing. I was like, you've never felt like a bigger idiot. So for me, same again, go back, reset, have another crack at it and then with working with Brent and getting the right guidance, still putting in heaps of bloody work uh, going back into that final interview again, I, totally different where you're feeling calm, confident. Yeah, you still got a little bit of anxiety and nerves and stuff like that, but that's because you want it. And if you didn't have that, oh, hats off to you. You're, yeah, you're a cooler customer than me by a mile. But yeah, I just remember feeling, feeling more confident, calmer, and just having a chat like yeah you've got these this arsenal of like responses ready to go structured so you can answer logically and fluently as well 
But I think a big part of it as well for me was trying to get your personality across. And if you're shitting your pants in a final interview, it's really hard to do that. But knowing that, walking in there knowing that I've put in all this hard work, I've had the right guidance, and I know how to answer them in the structure that they're looking for, it gave me an opportunity to actually be myself and, yeah, just have a chat with these guys. So heaps less intimidating. It was, it was nearly as much as a job interview can be, it was a really good experience for me. Where I walked out of there and I was, yeah, I didn't have the same anxiety or stress from that first time. Yeah, walking out of there going, yeah, that, that wasn't too bad. Actually, that, that's a good group of people. It was, yeah, just like having a chat with them like I knew them for a few couple of years. So, yeah, but I, that, I'm stemming that all down to having the right guidance and putting in the hard work for that as well. So, and sure enough, come up trumps and yeah, here we are today. So, final interview done. Feel, not feeling quite confident, but I felt it went pretty well. But yeah, I was, I was actually at work on the day. And it was, so they give you a timeline, radio. So the latest you'll receive a call is this date. And if you haven't heard by 5 p.m., no good. Anyway, so I'm at work, got the phone on the bench, on loud, making sure I was ready. And when I got the call and I saw it was from a number that I didn't know, I was like, no, no way. Answered it and sure enough, here it is, we're in. And I was like, yeah, it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it today. It's like, I've never been so proud of myself. Yeah, yeah, I got the right help and stuff like that, but yeah, I worked my ass off for years to get that. And yeah, it's like, yeah, you can get on these diets and no worries. And it's like, oh yeah, stick to this meal plan. Oh, but I'll have a couple of Big Macs every now and then. No, you're not gonna get there. So yeah, just knowing that I'd invested in myself, time and money to achieve the dream. And like today, now I'm actually in the job, it's like, I'm still pinching myself. It's ridiculous. I, it feels really wrong to be able to say, I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. Like, I, I have this chat with my partner way too often. She thinks there's something wrong with me, but it's, you're gonna hear this going through the process a lot. It's the best job in the world. It really is. Like, yeah, you just, every single day is, great like the people within the organization are great work environment great work-life balance exceptional yeah I'm just I'm so thankful for the position I'm in now um, and like with that limbo that I felt like I was in life that was that was torture for me but I'm so bloody glad I stuck it out and and now I'm living the dream it's yeah, it's, I'm super, super thankful. And yeah, couldn't, couldn't have done it without Brent. And like, yeah, like I've already spoken about, you've got your call list of like, like your top three of people you've got to let know. Yeah, 
So yeah, when when I got the call, I was obviously over the moon, and yeah, just calling my partner Steph, and because uh, she she's been with me since day one of trying, even that first time I failed the aptitude test, all the way through right up to when I was successful, having that I was yeah I was I was close to tears yeah yeah feeling like. Obviously, like ecstatic and proud, and yeah, but for her to say that she was proud of me, like I know she is anyway, but yeah, having having that chat with her, like yeah, I was pretty close to tears. Hey, like yeah, it's and it just like cemented it that it was everything was worth it, and but and like for to have her support as well through the whole process as well, like. Yeah, there's times there when you're pretty vulnerable and you get down on the process, but um, but yeah, without support from her, like same again, like yeah, it's nearly nearly like a reward for her too to you know when you when you get the phone call saying that you're in, yeah, yeah, and couldn't have done it without her, and yeah, that's a really special moment of my life, being able to. You know, you go after something so hard and you want it so bad, but you got the support from your partner and she wants it for you as well. Yeah, sharing that with her was, yeah, fantastic and something I'll never ever forget. So, yeah, feeling like I was in limbo and really battling, like, I was starting to hate the process and how discouraging it was because you put in so much hard work and then you receive, uh, receive zero feedback. So after that uh, failure at the final interview, I was just like, this is, this is never happening. Like, oh, it's too hard. It's like you get these feelings of, that you just want to give up. And so it was even to the point where I was saying, I put in my application for the police force. I knew as I was doing it, I was like, this isn't what I want to do. But I was like, I'm stuck in this job that I don't love. I'm, my lifestyle was no good. So it's just like, I needed a plan B. So that was like my iron in the fire for plan B in life. But then I, I caught up with Brent again and he's like, mate, if that's not what you want to do, why don't waste your time and energy on having to go through a totally other emergency service process. Just put it on hold, mate, and just stick at it. Stick at it, keep walking to it working towards a fire brigade and you you will get there. So yeah, just well, sound advice again. And sure enough, I, as soon as the reopened for the fire brigade again, I put the police application on hold, went full biscuit, and that was the time, that was my success, successful application that time round. So yeah, yeah, I would have been, same again, I, if I got into the police force, Great job still, yet again, but still knowing myself and internally that's not really where I wanted to be in life. I would have found myself in the same position again where I'm two years into that career and going, you know what, fire brigade, that, yeah, I'll start working towards that again. But still, that's another two years in my life wasted. So I'm so, so thankful that I stuck at it because, yeah, living the dream.
The highlight for me out of the whole process uh, by far is that last final interview that I had where I was successful. Knowing how far I'd come across the journey of like the first time where I was just shitting my pants and you know sweating like a bag of cats at a greyhound meet and not knowing my stuff, not being fully prepared or feeling like I'd yeah, I'd worked hard, but I had the wrong information that they're not looking for. To that final interview where I was just calm, calm. And so it was just to the point where it was like I was just having a chat with them, which actually, you know, you have a bit of a joke in there and, you know, just really get your personality across because, yeah, I feel like they're not looking for a cookie cutter kind of, get this idea of, yeah, this is what they're looking for. Just be yourself. And yeah, by being yourself, that's where the best, or you get the best out of yourself too as well. And the more natural and transparent you are, like in that final interview, it was really bloody satisfying. Knowing that, yeah, I'd worked really hard and had this arsenal of uh, questions ready to go, but just being able to sit in there relaxed, having a drink of water, having a chat, like that, that was great, knowing that my interview skills had come so far. Sam, if you could go back in time, what would you recommend? Looking back on my journey through the recruitment process, if I could change a couple of things, there's a couple that spring to mind straight away. One is you've got to respect the process it's really bloody hard. So you'll all know it's super competitive, thousands of people, so many spots, there's bugger all. Yeah, not, not respecting the process on my first application, that was a massive mistake and cost me 12 months. So it was 12 months between I got to sit the aptitude for the second time. So if I gave the process a little bit more respect and treated it as it is, which is tough, and put in the work, you know, I could have saved 12 months there. And secondly, is getting the correct guidance through the process. So, yeah, second time round for me, still put in heaps and heaps of work, but focus my energy on the wrong information. So, yeah, getting the correct guidance is crucial for being a successful applicant. and. You, as you apply and you talk with other applicants as well, you get really caught up in percentages and numbers, like, you know, 5% go through or, you know, we've got a 1 in 10 chance, 300 people are getting interviewed and there's 30 spots. If you don't put in the work and if you don't have the right guidance, the numbers are irrelevant you're gonna turn up underprepared or you've got the wrong info, so you're gonna be shit. So what I'm trying to say is put in the hard work, get the correct guidance, and the numbers will be irrelevant. You'll be that one, one in 10 or that 5%. That will be you if you put in the work and get the right guidance. Easy. So respecting the process and getting the right guidance, and that's where Brent came in for me.
if you're in that same position where I was, where you're in a job that you don't love and you've been going through the process and you're fighting it, don't, don't give up. You will get there. It, it happened for me. Um, I got really close to giving up, but then just chatting with Brent and knowing internally what I, this is what I wanted to do. So yeah, just no, not giving up, being resilient. Yep, you're gonna have setbacks and stuff. Even, you know, you're gonna work hard and it's really, really discouraging. But you've just gotta reset, stick, stick at it, work your ass off and get that right guidance and you'll get there. It's, it will happen. So for me, it got to a point where I felt it was too hard. I was ready to give up. I was like, this is never happening. So yeah, it was to the point where I was so close to applying for the police force and um, going for plan B in life. And now I'm in this final position, like, I'm, I'm so, so glad I stuck at it. And yeah, like I knew within myself that if I did get into the police force, it'd be a couple of years down the track and I'll be thinking, fire brigade, I really should have stuck at that. So for me, that's, that was the turning point of like, the point of no return where I was just like, this is it, this is, that's my dream job. I'm just going to commit everything I can to this, treat it like the application, like a second job and just give it everything. So don't give up on it. If you keep working hard with the right guidance, you're going to get there. So yeah, don't, don't settle for second best because you'll always know within that this is what you wanted to do and you gave up. Don't do that. And I can speak for myself now now I'm in the job, living the dream. Um, it's something I'll be forever thankful for that I stuck to me guns and really just committed to getting in. If you want to work with the Fire Recruitment Australia team, go to firerecruitmentaustralia.com forward slash coaching, fill out the form and book in for a free session to see if we're a fit to help you get through the process. You're listening to the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast with Brent Clayton. Visit firerecruitmentaustralia.com.